0: Now on Radio Italia Uno, it's time for Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno, an hour where we have lots of fun with very interesting guests. We talk about how to start, build and increase your business right now on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM.
1: Yes. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon and good night and welcome to 2022. This uh, reason why we say good morning, good afternoon, and good night is because we are lucky enough to be podcasted around the world, and every Monday here on Radio Italia Uno uh, from Adelaide from two till three every Monday afternoon, and on podcast around the world. So thank you for all those people from Adelaide who has sent me uh, messages of well wishing for uh, 2022, and especially. All those from overseas, it's always a pleasure to get messages uh, from anybody, but um, to get so many from um, overseas and knowing that the people who are listening to the program are appreciating it just makes it all worthwhile. And of course, it's thanks to Ron and Karen from Podcast City who makes this possible to be podcasted. So I just want to say uh, thank you to all of them. I just want to say there's a whole lot of messages that I got and I, I just cannot thank everybody in particular but I just want to say as a group, thank you. There was some wonderful things happening last year and I just don't know where to start. There are just so many things and I really need to keep it short. But thank you for letting me know what you guys are doing and how you're benefiting from our podcast. I think that's the most important part. And I know that today's guest is you know, extra special and this whole year I've got some really special guests lined up. And uh, our next guest is no exception. But I just wanted to say there was somebody in Africa that uh, uh, sent me a message and uh, I had people from Uganda and also uh, somebody in Botswana. And I I remember seeing those things on the Tarzan movies or something like that. But the guy that we spoke to um, last year who was studying in – Turkey was studying in Turkey. Um, Some of his relatives or friends that were studying with him there also in Ghana um, sent me messages saying thank you very very much because the information we've been sharing has helped them and even in their village and somebody now We were talking about uh, laying some pipes at one stage and uh, uh, electrifying things. And this chap in uh, Bhutan sent me some letters. So thank you for showing me the photographs of what projects you've been doing up there and how the village has been growing. And and it's just fantastic to see simple things that we talk about here make a major difference to some people. And that's one of the things that we're going to talk about today. So my special guest today is Dr. Matthew Sorrell. Dr. Matthew Sorrell is a very, very interesting man. He does a lot of different things, as you will find out. But he works at the University of Adelaide and also is a professor in Estonia from the University in Estonia. But he's not Estonian. He's Australian. <laughs> so, Matthew, welcome to our program. G'day, Peter. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's really great. I had the pleasure of meeting you last year and we spoke at some lengths at the Estonian club
2: at so, yes, indeed yeah
1: so it's quite interesting how uh, a non-estonian can also become a consulate for the uh, Estonian so this is something else we're going to be talking about but I want to take you back and I want I want people listening and the, and to understand that sometimes from a very early age people know what they want to do And sometimes from a very early age and even a very old age, they have no idea what they want to do. So let me ask you, Dr. Matthew, when do you think you had your first aspirations of what you wanted to be? It's a really interesting question.
2: So I had, uh, my parents actually were were high school teachers. Right. um, Originally in the Riverland here. And uh, my father was a physicist. My mother was a language teacher. She taught Mm -hmm. Latin and French. So I grew up in a a fairly... uh, uh, well-educated uh, mm-hmm. environment. My father was very much an experimental scientist, and so I guess by the age of eight, would you oh. believe? Um, yeah. You know, I was playing with mecano None of this, none of this <laughs> Lego rubbish. Um, and uh, I think we got our first computer. In fact, the first computer that we had was one that was brought home that he brought home from Flinders University, and. Right. Uh, uh, so, you know, I was programming computers from the age of 10, and you think,
1: well, big wow. deal. Everybody everybody does that these Na- days. Nowadays, but we're talking about quite a long time we're, ago. We're
2: talking about when the microprocessor was like five years old. So, yes. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, it's it's a long way back. As a consequence, I've known that I wanted to work in science, I guess, since right. about 10. And right. I, and, uh, Really focused that into electronics engineering by about the age of twelve. Mm-hmm. So now by the age of fifteen, I was publishing kits for, with electronics magazines and uh, um, really very focused in that in that electronics in the, and technology yeah. space. Um, and it's just it's just something that you become completely passionate about. Yeah. Um, and and you just and you just focus. You know, it's just arrow. You know, <laughs> that's where I want to be. Yeah.
1: Well, this is what we're talking about. When we talk about business and we're talking about uh, people in business, we try and get them to focus, like I said, laser focus or arrow focus, that it's just going to go in that direction. And if you're just a, a few centimetres off at the mark, you're going to end up miles away from the target.
2: Well, that's right. And um, The thing about that is that starting that early and having having very much that, that focus means that as things change and electronics change, uh, is the most rapidly changing technology oh, we've yeah. seen ever. I mean we're we're talking doubling of complexity every 18 months at so, least. So you know and yeah. well that you know it, it's been doing that since 1968. Yeah. You you, know, you can actually draw the graph and see how yeah. it works. And so it's it's an enormously fast moving uh, area and you've got to be uh, flexible enough to adapt mm-hmm. as as new things come on board. So you know there, there were some really interesting milestones in that, in that journey from, mm-hmm. from childhood. So you know, growing up in a, in a household where, where education and science and language was valued, mm-hmm. um, I took to speaking German like a duck to water, which was amazing. Wow. Um, <coughs> but I also had a real passion for physics and engineering. And in fact, in 1987, mm-hmm. I was a member of the first Australian Physics Olympiad team. So ah, we went. Well. We went to East Germany yes. to Jena, uh, home of Carl Sias Optics, and we spent a week there. Um, and as the Australian teams we were the very first Australian team to go, wow! Uh, we didn't do very well because we didn't <laughs> really have a good, a, a good structured environment. But yeah. uh, you know, since then, fi- winding forward twenty years or so, I um, later served on the board of the Australian Science Olympiads programs here in in Australia. Fantastic! So that that was great, and that program has been really innovative and. really push that that top end um, mm-hmm. of, a, of a young scientist to, to just excel. So that's been a great program. I went to Adelaide University as an undergraduate student uh, in electronics engineering, mm-hmm. decided that I didn't really enjoy electric motors very much. So as soon as computer yeah. systems came on board, that's what I did. Yeah. I regret that now because I drive an electric car and of course <laughs> I don't really have all of the uh, um, <coughs> wherewithal about how that, that vehicle works. Even though I teach it, yeah. um, and uh, uh, as well as science, I was invited to do my PhD in America. So I actually spent three years living just outside of Washington DC. Oh wow! Uh, during the Clinton administration, which mm. would allow some of you to be able to sort of work out when that was. Yeah. Um, the other really interesting little hobby that I had along the way is that I learned to ring the cathedral bells here in Adelaide. And so. Um, there you that's, go. <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's Adelaide's ultimate heavy metal band, but yeah. it also meant that when I moved to America, yeah, the National Cathedral has the same type of bells, and I was, oh, really I had an instant network of friends all throughout North America, all throughout the UK. So, but it's you know, it, it, it's a it, maybe it's a topic for another time. Some yeah. it's, a, it's a fantastically <laughs> mathematical. It, okay. it's, it's, a, it's a mathematical hobby. Um, so th- these you know these are all the stepping stones of. Very intellectual pursuits, if you like. My mm-hmm. kid, my kids, by the way, now now ring church bells. My daughter, who's sixteen, yeah. nearly seventeen, is a qualified bell ringing trainer. Um, my son's just taking. So you don't a, just pull a rope. Uh, it's as I say. There's enough there for an entire conference, mate. You'll <laughs> <But>, um, <the, laughs> we'll have um, to come back and talk oh, to about about may, me. May, maybe, maybe yes. we will. <clears throat> um, so in America, and uh, you know. I had travelled a little bit at that stage, but I lived there for three years, and it really opens your eyes to other perspectives. Um, And uh, studied there, held uh, a large number of friends, international students. Mm -hmm. Um, Funnily enough, the uh, Scandinavian students uh, needed to have a staff member as part of of the way they operated. And since I was a graduate researcher, Mm -hmm. technically I was a member of university staff. So that meant that if they ever had a party that uh, had... Alcohol served; it was compulsory that I be there, yeah. so that was always ah. fun. So that you know, that was my first foray, if you like, into, into uh, Nordic Nordic culture with that yeah, yeah. with that group of friends. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's always been very much that focus uh, mm-hmm. from undergraduate to through my PhD and to my early career. I was working in defence mm-hmm. um, out here in uh, Edinburgh, as we now call it. Yep, and I was bored to death. And now. <laughs> I don't want to say that unkindly about the, the many good people that work there and do their research there. It's it's um, it, For me, it just wasn't enough to be able to uh, be a small cog in a small wheel of a small project mm-hmm. that, that another country was dominating. Um, and I jumped. I jumped into a uh, research centre at the University of Adelaide that was really a private consulting business mm-hmm. run by uh, Professor Reg Coots, who sadly died late last year, yeah. um, in the telecommunications sector. So you know, I moved from, effectively, radar and sensor systems to telecommunications. Right. And it's it's a different field, but it's the same It's the same toolbox. It's the same, same. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, um, you know, since this is Radio Italia, yeah. uh, one of my early jobs was actually spending two weeks in Rome um, working with Telecom Italia Mobile, uh, oh, oh, there you working go. on their early 3G mobile network um, and some of the uh, strategies for getting the best possible licence that they could to run that 3G network. So I spent a bit of time in, in, uh, in Rome, yeah. Um, and uh, later in uh, Florence, so
1: it's yeah, beautiful. Uh,
2: lovely. Well, I mean I, I found myself on a Friday afternoon in Florence and thinking, my flight doesn't leave till, from Rome until Sunday. What oh. on earth am I going to do? Oh. And there wasn't there's a shortage of things to do. Never like a myself. shortage. Of oh, just, you know, gorgeous, gorgeous place. Yeah. So uh, that's that's that background from yeah. from there so I I went into commercial consulting and uh, because we're a university group, uh, we started doing some teaching into the, into the university, and I discovered that I really had both a passion and a knack for teaching, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and that was that was great. So I started teaching telecommunications courses, and some of them were a bit more advanced than others. And of course, it's a very difficult thing to teach because this this rapid evolution of technology. You know, the, the mobile phone that I've got sitting yeah. on my sitting on the desk here is amazing, right? But it's four years old, yeah, right? But it's still amazing. Um, but keeping up with you know, second generation, third generation, four G, five G is really, really hard to do. But that's so that's that's where I came from and uh, ended up in the in the faculty, and I've been now in the faculty for twenty years.
1: Yeah. See, the thing is, um, it's like selling, or it's like you know any other business. You know, technology moves so so fast, so you need to keep up with your technology that relates to your business. And like you said. Um, the, the the phones are, are moving so far ahead now, we got more technology in the phone today than what we had in the you know the, the great big IBM computers that we had in the office across the road you know and I remember going into um, the office when I was working, uh, with an insurance company, and this uh, young lady that I knew at the time, and she was the the manager there, and she said, "Oh, come and have a look at this. Have a look at this. There's this great big room that had built or rearranged with air conditioning and all the rest of it. And this thing in the middle of the room looked like a huge big table, huge, you know, like six foot wide and and 12, 15 foot long, and all these and these big." Barrels that were there, you know, like big drums, and they were the computer discs. They were th- that was the com- big uh, IBM computer that they got, you know. And she was all excited, you know. And I'm thinking, it looks like a great big machine. <laughs> yep, <that's laughs> Nowadays, right. everything that that did, you can do in less in half of half of the mobile phone. Yeah. And so it's quite incredible how that's changed so dramatically. When we talk about business, I'm really interested with in the way you mentioned how you knew from a very early age what you wanted to do, but even then you went into one area of it and then you jumped to another area of it and then you jumped to another area of it and you found that that was boring, so you changed from there to something else. We talk about this every week that I'm on air and I say to them, you've got to look at where you are and do what you want to do. Be who you want to be. Don't try and be somebody else. Don't sit there being bored, you know, out of your brain. And this is the big problem that we have now, with the COVID, uh, a lot of people have had to reassess what they're doing and why they're doing it. And that's very, very important because um, a lot of people find that they weren't happy with what they were doing. They weren't happy with going back to where they were and they don't want to go back to where they were or go back to doing what they were doing. So this COVID, unfortunately, as good as it's bad, we've got, look at the good points of it. People are changing what they're doing and the way they're doing it. Look, We've got to stop, we've got to take a break. So uh, we'll just come straight back after this.
0: When you hear the name Bocelli Cafe, you think an Adelaide institution, a family restaurant that's been providing the finest Italian cuisine for almost two decades. Coffee of the highest quality and staff that treat you like family. Spacious COVID safe indoor dining and a fully heated outdoor area. The kitchen is always prepared for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Parking's a dream. Bocelli Cafe Restaurant, 81 to 83 Hutt Street, Adelaide. Call them, 8232 3006 to book, or follow Bocelli on Facebook and Instagram.
3: Foodland's owned by South Australian families like mine. Like our second home, we ensure our stores are safe. Great families, great locals and great food lives here. The mighty South Yeah! Get ready Australia for the Now We're Talking show. I'm Cherie Rowett. I'm Susan Knapp.
0: And I'm Elizabeth Elames.
3: We have inspirational
0: interviews, empowerment campaigns, and we love keeping the conversation going.
3: Join us every Thursday at 6pm at Radio Italia Uno,
0: 87.6 FM Adelaide.
3: Radio Italia Uno Sito internet www.italia1.com.au Seguici anche sulla nostra pagina Facebook e Instagram.
1: Radio Italia Uno You're listening to Peter Salerno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno 87.6 FM Yes, thank you. Thank you very much for listening and thank you very much to Radio Italia Uno. Every Monday from 2 till 3, you can hear Happy Business Radio or podcast it anywhere around the world on your podcast, whatever you choose to use. Please support the people that support us. Um, You know, this year, we are really helping all our sponsors, all the radio um, station sponsors, all the program sponsors. And if you... Uh, have a product or service that you want to advertise or want to get out there, come and see us. We have some great specials this year. We really want to help everybody get their businesses back on track and the fast track, you know. We want to help people to get their services out there, all their products and all their services. So please, when you hear our sponsors, when you see their shops or their stores or their businesses, go and see them and and, uh, tell them that you heard about them on Radio Italia Uno. And our special guest today is very, very interesting, Dr. Matthew Sorrell. Um, He's also uh, a professor at the University in Estonia. He's also a senior lecturer here in Adelaide at the Adelaide Uni. And um, it's very interesting that you're Australian, Australian born, um, and yet you happen to be the consul for Estonia. So, tell us how that came
2: about. Okay, so um, we're, we're going to talk about digital forensics a little bit later on. But yes. Uh, there, so, there's a, there's a lead in here because uh, in uh, 2014, uh, the University of Adelaide was approached by one of our old postdoc um, researchers who'd just been appointed a professor at the Tallinn University of Technology in Estonia um, because they were opening a centre for digital forensics and cybersecurity and he wanted to have a speaker from Adelaide. Yep. In the digital forensic space, which is where I worked, um, and so I was invited to come over to to Tallinn, mm-hmm. which is the, the capital capital of, of Estonia. Yes. Um, and uh, while we were organising that, I thought I used to have this friend when I lived in America uh, studying international finance. I wonder what she's doing now. And uh, she was she's now a angel investor in the Baltic states, doing very very well, very <sighs> successful. Mm-hmm has a family over there, and we, we reconnected after 20 years, which is terrific wow. because when I was then over there, not only did I have the connections through the university, mm-hmm. um, not only into academia but also into the, the military over there in Estonia, mm-hmm. uh, but I also, through, through my old friend, had very good business and government contacts. And so I asked her to, to arrange a few meetings for me to just introduce me to business. And what completely blew me away mm-hmm. was the... Ecosystem that was very focused on entrepreneurship, uh, and um, you know, being able to innovate very quickly, very easily, uh, very low friction to be mm-hmm. able to be able to uh, just pick up a business and run with it. Um, and you know, there there are some there are some societal reasons for doing that, yeah. which is that you know we're talking about an Eastern European country that's recovering from Soviet occupation, and so it's it's a way to it's a way to build your your, your nation. But also they have the most fascinating digital government ecosystem. So everything's done online. Uh, ex- wow. Except <clears throat> except marriage and divorce. And yeah. For those of you playing at home, I'm doing the Tinder slight lights white left here. <laughs> um, but everything's done online um, yep. for everybody. And would you believe that the, the online digital government services are most popular not with the young kids, but with the oldies. Really. Right. And and. If you think about it, as long as you've actually educated people about how, mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense because it means that you don't need to go and line up in a queue somewhere.
1: Yes, like they to, used to.
2: You're like they used to. <coughs> Everything's done online. It's very, very seamless. The local Estonian community love it because they've got digital voting. Right, You can vote online mm. through their system because that, that's how secure it is. Um, one of the key reasons it works is because the entire ecosystem is built around the idea that... You own your own personal data, Mm -hmm. and we as the government who need to use it to deliver services need to be responsible and visible about how we're using your data. Yes. And so it completely transforms the way in which you engage with people. So I looked at that, and I thought, that's fantastic. I want to bring a group of students over here to to just immerse themselves in this commercial and government ecosystem and just be inspired by it. Wow. So I came home. Mm-hmm. This is December 2014. Right. Now. That's after you did the speech. Yeah, just after yep. I gave the yep. speech over there. Yep. It was freezing. <laughs> it was freezing. <laughs> I I loved I loved Tallinn, but my goodness me, That's it was a, cold. Yeah. Um and uh I found some students that wanted to come and we booked our flights and we did everything. And by April, the university said you know, there's a process we have for this, don't you? I don't <laughs> <laughs> right. So we had to sort of retrofit everything that we'd done into the university's process, and that was great. I brought five students over. We had a summer school. We did. We met with local businesses. We met with local government officials. We even met in the uh, Estonian cabinet rooms. Mm-hmm. Right. That that was wow. how, That was how well we were connected. Yes. And um, we've been running that ever since. Even in 2020 and 2021, Mm -hmm. we were still able to run our summer school. It's just that we had to run it online. Yes, Um, it was, you know, nowhere near the same experience. But we've managed to maintain that connection. Meanwhile, a few years in, we started up a reciprocal program here in Adelaide. So in January, normally, Mm -hmm. normally today I'd be busy because I'd have a group of my Estonian colleagues from the Tallinn University of Technology, and also from my other. Uh, colleagues at uh, Ravensburg weingarten Universität University in Germany, yes, and we come over and we have a two week boot camp where we wow. teach the students here in Adelaide. Here in Adelaide, so fantastic. We, so we meet with the local cybersecurity sector. Yeah. So between those two, between those links, then I've developed quite a network in the commercial, in the academic, and in the defence sector, particularly around cybersecurity mm. here in Adelaide as well as in Tallinn. So. In Estonia, now I've been appointed the Adjunct Professor of Digital Forensic Science at the Tallinn University of Technology, so I'm now into my fourth year in that role. So I teach and I supervise some students there. Um, over here, for example, I've uh, chaired the advisory board for the South Australian Ost Cyber. Wow, uh, node so there's the cybersecurity uh, innovation space as well. Mm-hmm. So very well connected
1: into Lot fourteen. So before you came yeah. here, you checked out Ron and you checked me out. Yeah, and said, oh, I've done all
2: the <laughs> the, op- the open source intelligence, mate. It's, oh my it's, God. it's all there. Yes, we know all about it.
1: Yeah, we know what you did, Karen. Don't yeah, go away. We know what we know what your metadata. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: We know what your yes. metadata did last summer as we yes. say. so That's um, excellent. So with those connections, so th- those connections then meant that. Uh, About eighteen months ago, the university invited the uh, EU uh, Mm -hmm. ambassadors over here to Adelaide uh, to to do some, uh, essentially to to show showcase what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I wasn't invited, which was interesting. So I invited myself and identified who the Estonian ambassador was and uh, dressed up with my, you know. Estonian cufflinks and my yes. my kiki lips, which is a, yeah. a an Estonian wooden bow tie. The previous president of Estonia was obsessed with bow ties, so it was yes. a thing, right? Yep. Uh, and introduced myself in Estonian, which is a difficult language to learn. Yes, uh, impossible language. I have, I have, I now do speak enough Estonian to get by and be dangerous, but it's yeah. a, it's the most fantastically uh, interesting <laughs> language yeah. to learn. Estonian and Finnish are related. Anyway, I introduced myself, and um, it turned out. That uh, she was looking for a representative here in South Australia, particularly to build those links in the cybersecurity sectors, because Estonia has that really strong sector. A lot of it's to do with uh, the dealing with their, their uh, neighbour to the east. So, mm-hmm. yes, um, Russian influence is is a very strong <coughs> challenge for them. Um, and in Australia, it's a, it's a very much a hot topic. And in fact, in Indeed, in South Australia, yes. it's it's very much something that, w- that we're quite strong with. We, you know, we we have the Australian Cyber Collaboration Centre here yes. in Lot Fourteen, and a lot of the big sectors in the defence sector as well. Um, so it was a no-brainer, really, because um, you know, here's someone who travels to Estonia three times a year, yes, has all the business connections in the cybersecurity sector <laughs> between Estonia and mm. and um, Australia, and I should point out, I go there three times a year and. Even though I speak German, right, I can yeah. travel around Germany quite comfortably. It's when I land in Tallinn Airport, yes. and I walk walk out and I get in a taxi, and I can feel myself visibly relaxing, because now suddenly I'm I'm in a culture that I understand. I have no idea why I understand. It. I don't. <laughs> it, it's not my cultural background, past, past life experiences. It, 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 <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah, but I, I just absolutely love the city of Tallinn, mm-hmm. but. Where I've also travelled around, for example, Sarama, which Mm -hmm. is the island off the coast, it's a former Viking stronghold, Mm -hmm. it's a former Nazi stronghold, it's a former Soviet stronghold, and now it's an agricultural space. It's it's like Kangaroo Island, right? Yes. There's even a kangaroo there. Really? Just the (laughs) one, but there's there's a pet kangaroo there. There you go. Um, But um, I just love the country. Yeah. I love listening to the language. I love eating the food. I mean, I know Italians have... A great reputation, yes, for food. excellent food, and you do. Estonia has a well-deserved reputation for really, really fresh food, and mm. you know, being able to wander out to the forest behind the university and just forage for berries and mushrooms, yes. right, at lunchtime because you can.
1: Because <laughs> right. you can. It's just,
2: the- it's just such a gorgeous country. Mm. And you know, along the way, I'd also developed the connections with the local Estonian community, and they accepted that what I was doing was was good. It was promoting their country and promoting their culture. So, it was quite a it was quite a strongly supported um, proposition then to take to take on that role.
1: Yeah,
2: but it has also meant that um, I've needed to check my, my Facebook profile and delete yep. you know, a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and, uh, in addition, you know, I've had to learn the language. So I've actually spent six months of really intensive one-on-one classes. And, of course, during COVID, I can't travel. Yes. So um, I haven't had the opportunity to, to back that up uh, through being there. So I've had, you know, it, it's all online, online with a tutor. Yeah. But um, so well, much we'll, fun to We'll have.
1: come back and talk about that as well. We, we've got to take another break now. And time flies so fast. So thank you very much. We'll come back straight after this break.
0: How good is Mighty Joe's? They're brilliant. Mighty Joe's is the largest fruit market in South Australia. They handle all Italian small goods. And a family business. Yeah, that's right. Four decades. Joe and Francesco, they're proud to present fresh produce from local growers and local produce markets, passing massive savings on to you, and their service is so friendly. Tell me about the opening hours. Absolutely. They're open 7 until 7, Monday to Friday, and 7 until 5, Saturday and Sundays. And they have weekly bargains and specials, like nuts and fruit and veg, cold meats, pastas, and plenty more. And they've got a new shop. They certainly have. Mighty Joes are now at 115 Findon Road, Woodville. Check their Facebook page, Mighty Joes Fruit Market. I need some fruit and veg. I'm heading down right now. I'll come down with you. Yo. Ciao. Armando Paradiso
2: from Unique Stone, delivering quality stone tops to South Australia for over 20 years. Granite, marble, Caesarstone, Unique Stone. Granito, marmo, Caesarstone, Unique Stone. Thinking stone benchtops to your kitchen, bathroom, or furniture? Unique Stone at Jacobson Crescent, Holden Hill. Call us now: 82 double six double two eight zero 2280 Unique Stone. We won't be beaten. Come on, cosa stai facendo? Yo, chiama adesso.
3: Have you heard of podcasts? Podcasts are like having a personal radio station that people can listen to on demand about topics they are interested in. And now, thanks to Podcast City you can record your own podcast and have your own on-demand radio show. You can use our professional recording equipment at the studios of Radio Italia Uno or Podcast City can come to your location with our mobile studio. Podcast City can just record your audio or work with you to plan, record, edit, and distribute your podcast to your audience. If you would like to find out more and receive a free podcast startup checklist, or book a time to record your podcast. Call Radio Italia Uno on 821 or go to podcastcity.com.au. Podcast City, podcasting the easy way.
0: Hi, I'm Matt McQuinley. Join me each Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. for Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno. We focus on changing the world for the better by taking personal responsibility, destroying victim philosophy, canceling cancel culture, and by discussing as well as listening to each other on topics like leadership, cultural trends, beliefs, business, history, world events, and more. Change the world with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM.
1: You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening every Monday from 2 till 3 to Radio Italia Uno and Happy Business Radio. And, of course, you can pick it up on podcast. Thank you to Podcast City Adelaide for helping us to do that. And um, today we've got a very very special guest who is Dr. Matthew Sorel, and Dr. Matthew Sorel is also happens to be a lecturer at the University of Adelaide. He happens to be a professor um, in the Estonian University, and he also just finished talking about how he became the consul um, for Estonia here in Adelaide. So, um, but the 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 thing that really impressed me the most about um, a lot of the things you've been saying, everything is so, so important. It's not one thing that's more important than the other. But one of the things you did mention was that you had made some contacts over 20 years ago when you were in America. And then, um, you know, because of life goes on, you were going to Estonia, so you reconnected. Um, and, and 20 years after you you said, hey, listen, can you uh, connect me to so-and-so and can you help me with this and help me with that? And you most business people today don't understand still the importance, how great and how important it is to network and uh, with networks and how you can network the networks and get get business. And you called on your friends from 20 years ago and other friends that you, you met and you said, who can you introduce me to? Who can I meet? I want to meet these sort of people. You told them what you wanted to meet and they helped you to connect to those people. And when you went to the university there, you already knew a whole lot of people in business and in government and in other areas. And and that proves that you've done all the things that you should do right. And this is what we're trying to teach people today. You need to network. You need to keep your connections up or at least know who knows you. You know, the, the thing is, the old saying is um, it's important who you know, you know, but it's more important than who you know, there's... Um, It's who knows you. So it's not just what you know, because you could be the greatest scientist in the world. If nobody knows that, then you're not going to get any work. And it's what you know is important, but who you know is very important. But even more important than that, it's who knows you. And that's what you've managed to do, was to keep, find somebody who knows you, ask them to introduce you to somebody else, who they know, and then you've connected to all those people. Very, very smart. And that's what we're encouraging people to do today.
2: No. Yeah and the thing to recognize with that also is that y- is that you're not putting them out of the way right because that that will be reciprocated. I mean, yeah, well, this is just you know, this is just well, one example right. right but uh, for example the relationship with you have in, in Germany is because I have a similar relationship with a colleague in Germany. Yep. Um and so that opens up an an entirely different window. Yes. Uh and, and so on. Um
1: Well the old saying yeah. is any friend of yours is a friend of mine and mm. if you keep that in mind you know, it, by introducing you to my friend over there, it's not taking anything from me. It's actually reinforcing my friendship with them as well, hmm. you know, and building the relationship with you. So that's important. But more importantly now, I want to talk about this um, new age of digital forensic science and how you have been involved and, and exactly what it is, because a lot of people there uh, have no idea what digital forensic science is.
2: Sure. So this is uh, once once again. It's one of those recognizing that there's an opportunity, and we talked earlier about uh, you know jumping sideways. And for me, it's not quite jumping sideways when you know we're making these decisions. It's pivoting. It's recognizing. Okay, standing here, the direction I'm going isn't quite doing doing it for me. And you can either take a, yeah. an enormous leap sideways, or you can go. But if I turn right, or turn left, or look up, maybe you know there's an opportunity. So it's very smart. The digital forensic space is really interesting because, as I mentioned, I grew up with you know computers and technology that is absolutely in my blood. It's what my PhD was about. It's what my undergraduate degrees were about. I and mean, when in two thousand and five, I was asked about to comment on some digital photographs. Now, two thousand and five, digital cameras aren't normal, right? They're just they're just, just coming on. Yeah. You know, I still had a film camera, <laughs> right? Uh, in fact, I had a few film cameras. So I was asked to comment about the metadata, which is, you know, the, the, the timestamps and and the other information that's in there. And I realised there's no expertise. There's no expertise in this space. Nobody globally. knew anything. Nobody knew anything. So that particular case went forward. And then I recognised that, there you know, more research needed to be done. Fast forward 2008, 2009, I was running a conference here in Adelaide. Running a conference is a really interesting space because, once again, you get your name out there. You mm. network. You meet people from all over the place. Um, and, you know, in fact, you know, that's how I ended up in Florence. It's yeah. how I ended up in, you know, all sorts of other places. So running that, and then essentially that ran in the background. And then in 2016, I was approached by South Australia Police about this mm-hmm. really high-profile case here in Adelaide involving an Apple Watch. And it's the first case globally – I, I can't name the case – it was the first case globally where we had a victim who was wearing an Apple Watch when they died. Wow! And so we needed to understand what the data said about that and interpret that, right? Because, uh, and that opened the police's eyes to the fact that we've actually got somebody here who knows what they're doing,
1: right? And somebody right and here so, in Adelaide.
2: <laughs> and so you know that opportunity that opened up more opportunities. Um, they then discovered that I knew how. Video, digital video, worked, and that became really useful in other investigations. Um, there was a um, there was a case there where I was able to actually process that video so quickly that they could release three suspects they had in custody on the same day because they could now see what they wow. could see, um, and it's just snowballed from there. So this, so on the one hand, I run this consulting business, and I don't I don't advertise this consulting business. Right? You won't find me on you won't find me online. Maybe on, maybe on my LinkedIn profile, um, because law enforcement basically does my viral marketing for me. Um, you know, since then, I've joined the Interpol uh, Digital Forensics Experts Group. Uh, next week, I've got two weeks sitting in on a UN meeting in New York. Unfortunately, I can't be there in person on cybercrime. Oh. Um, and I'm also the scientific advisor to a project in Europe on mobile phone forensics, so looking at the entire... Chain from crime scene to courtroom, and how that plays out, because mm-hmm. that experience means that as a, as a researcher, I know what the hot topics are today, mm. right? Um, Interesting. And the research, you know, the research that needs to go in behind that is actually is really not sexy, right? <laughs> um, I'm not trying to sell a product. That, you know, there, there are companies out there that will sell products to law enforcement that allow yeah. them to um, download data from thirty thousand different types of phone, right? Yeah. I work with those sort of people, but I'm not trying to sell a product. The, the gap here is that the technology is moving so fast. The encryption's getting better, the, the access controls are getting better, but the complexity of what it does, the sensors that are in there, yes, you know, that are in your phone, I mean, you, this is not a phone anymore, <laughs> right? And nor is it it's a computer. A po- yeah. well, it's not even a computer, right? When yep. you, you Technically, it is. It's a suite of sensors... It's a window to what you do on the internet yes. right, with, with all of your cloud services. But it basically tracks everything you do, mm. right? Um, how many steps you take, right? where you go, when you eat, all of that stuff is captured. This is a pattern of life recorder, yeah. and we all carry one with us. Now, on the one hand, that means there are opportunities for investigation, but there's also responsibilities about this is so intrusive, we need to know that even though we can, sometimes we shouldn't. Mm. <laughs> right? And uh, so there's a whole area of ethics, there's a whole area of law, um, but there's also opportunities to say what really happened here. right? Um, and being able to do that that research that says when you discover this mm-hmm. right, and you're trying to find this, this is what it can mean, mm-hmm. this is what it can't mean, and doing the experiments that join those dots yes. together so that when we appear in court, it's no longer me saying, I reckon it's this because I'm an expert, yep. but Here's the research, facts. here are the facts. The research says this. <coughs> now, if you rewind, this is where DNA was in the 1980s, right? Because DNA at that point was an experimental technology and the research has now been done mm-hmm. to say this is how much we can trust it. If you wind back uh, literally a century, 1922, Yep. Fingerprints with this thing where uh, a few enthusiasts started doing. We reckon we can yeah. match up fingerprints, <laughs> right? Now it's a trusted technology. Yes. Right? The challenge here is it's not a, it, it, that, you know, I can characterize, for example, my iPhone here, mm-hmm. and next week Apple releases another firmware update, mm-hmm. right? Pushes out iOS, I don't know, 15.2, and suddenly everything's changed. Yes. Right? We have a great example of that. My PhD student, Luke. Hi, Luke. Um, <laughs> was doing some experiments with the, with the Apple Watch. I mean, we, we were actually systematically testing it yep. and they decided they were going to do one big experiment. So they upgraded all of the software, made sure it was all fresh and went off and came back and the behaviour was completely different.
1: Oh, really? Apple had
2: upgraded upgraded the way in which they did what they do uh, <laughs> in as between they experiments. D- as they, and, they do. <laughs> and, and So, you know, it's a fascinating space. <clears throat> but the implications for this, for justice, the implications for being able to arrive at much stronger decisions in courts, mm-hmm. and and by strong I mean confident. Yes, right? We're confident that we, we know what we can see because we know to what extent we can trust this information. And that's that's really important. And it's just as important for convicting somebody as it is for exonerating somebody. No, yes. If the evidence says no, it's then not. the evidence yep. really says no. Um, so it's a fascinating space to work in. Um, and it's led to doors opening all around the world, some of which I can't talk about. Yes, I can't uh, imagine. I wonder uh, why. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> um, it's secret. Yeah, well, you know, it, yes. it, it, it is operationally sensitive. Yes. But um, it's, the, it's the sort of opportunity that's, that's just fascinating. And, you know, at the age of eight, Programming a computer in Basic for the first time, you know, yeah. by eleven I was programming this a machine is, code. It's like yeah. you would never have thought. I would never have thought that I'd that be doing, be doing that this stuff.
1: now. But this is what we're talking about, and you mentioned it, like uh, you know, changing from one direction to another, or you know, pivoting from one direction to another, uh, adjusting. You know, and I I remember this now. The uh, years and years ago, I learned about how rockets work. You know, when they shoot a rocket, it goes off in an angle, and then all of a sudden it it goes back on course and it goes slightly off and it goes back on course and it goes slightly off and it goes back on course, goes slightly off and it goes back on course, 99% of the time it's off course, but it ends up hitting the target. And that's the thing, you know, like as long as you know what direction you want to travel, you don't always head directly to it. You might have to be going a bit of an arc this way or a bit of an arc this way, but you get there, you know. We've got to take another break. Wow, this time's flown. Very interesting. We'll commit straight back with Dr. Matthew.
0: At Elders Insurance Adelaide East, our mission is to provide outstanding service and superior coverage to each and every one of our clients. With over 30 years of experience, we treat every client with mutual respect and understanding will listen carefully to your specific needs and requirements in order to develop insurance solutions with a level of service and coverage you can't find anywhere else. Elders Insurance Adelaide East is a family owned and run business with Italian tradition which is built on honesty, integrity and trust. Make an appointment today and go and see Tony and the team at Elders Insurance Adelaide East, 54 to 56 Kensington Road, Rose Park or telephone 8364 9477 We're an authorised representative of Elders Insurance Underwriting Agency, Proprietary Limited Elders Insurance, underwritten by QBE Insurance Australia Limited Looking for a
3: new coffee machine for your home or workplace? Look no further than Fine Choice Coffee Solutions You're the experts in all things coffee Why not come in for a chat and a special coffee tasting You'll find us at 264 Gilbert Street in the city Hi, Deb here with my business partner Dave.
2: Join us each week on Fridays 6 to 7 on Radio Italia Uno 87.6 FM for Mental Health Talk, a show where mental health is everyone's business.
3: Every Friday from 6 to 7,
2: sponsored by Mental Health Partners.
3: Ti piace la musica? Hai voglia di metterti in gioco? Entusiasmo e personalità non ti mancano? Radio Italia 1 sta cercando te. Chiama l'82123177 e anche tu avrai la possibilità di entrare a far parte del nostro team. Radio Italia 1, diamo voce alla tua voce.
0: Radio Italia 1
1: You're listening to Peter Salerno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening to Radio Italia Uno and especially Happy Business Radio every Monday from 2 till 3pm. We are being podcasted around the world on uh, uh, your whatever podcast you want to listen to it on Facebook and uh, thanks to Podcast City and Ron um, makes it possible for us to record that and uh, podcast it. We have had um, contact from different people from, look, I know over 30 different countries at the moment that I'm getting emails and messages from, Um, and I just want to say thank you to all those people that have been sending me messages, and please keep sending me messages. Let me know what you benefit from. And, like, uh, Dr. Matthew Sorrell is here today, uh, and we've talked about a whole lot of different things that he does uh, with the University of Adelaide, with the University of Estonia, and other um, agencies around the world, but very importantly, we we just finished talking about, uh, or we were talking about um, digital forensic science and how uh, that is changing so much, and so many people um, here in Adelaide are studying, and how he's teaching people all around the world um, from Adelaide because of the COVID, of course, it's all done through uh, Zoom calls and, and that sort of thing, but obviously he's missing, like I am missing the travel, <laughs> but um the, the the thing that, um, you know, there's so many things that we can pick out of what you said today, Doctor, and thank you, Matthew, for coming in, because every business, every business should be looking at where they can pivot, where they can move, where they can make that arc, where they can change. Are they going in the direction that they originally wanted to go? Is there uh, something that's Uh, causing them to change directions and is that direction where they really want to be or do they have to temporarily change directions to go around something, you know, because sometimes this COVID has affected everybody in the world and we can't do things the way we used to. And just before I came uh, on air today, I went to another meeting about how we can reproduce what we're doing or what we were doing um, in a modern and more effective way. And you've been doing that all along, you know. So it's, it's really, um, thank you for coming in today. I really appreciate it. Now, we talked about the, the three things that you, you were doing, like, you know, to, to be what you want to be, you know, and make sure that that's where you want to be. Because a lot of people that are listening to this would never have heard of forensic science or what th- that sort of thing could be and, and the uh, technology and all that sort of stuff. So if they wanted to contact you, like I keep saying, please... Uh, give me a call, send me a message. Uh, I've got all these details, I can pass them on to you easily. But even more important than that is if you've got an idea that you want to share or some idea, or you want to help with some research or whatever, get in touch with me, I'll pass it on the details. like I always say, if you have any questions with your business or anything else, if I can't help you, I'll know who can, I'll find somebody who can. So, and, and Matthew, you were talking about this forensic science and you are talking about the conferences here and how Adelaide is um, really in the forefront of of a lot of this, isn't it?
2: Yeah, so Adelaide has a very, very strong reputation in uh, particularly DNA evidence and now in the digital forensics space we're Mm. really, really leading and in fact uh, later this year in September we'll be hosting a uh, digital forensics research workshop here in Adelaide as well. So, Mm. uh, you know, we're we're rapidly building reputation uh, in this space and Connections into Europe and the US and the UK, uh, and indeed into Asia, are really playing mm-hmm. to to build up that that reputation. And remember, it's not it's not about being intrusive; it's about being responsible oh, also yeah. with that data as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not it's it's the fact of, uh, like you said, it's about proving somebody is right, but it's proving that they're guilty. But it's also about proving that they're not guilty.
2: That's exactly right.
1: Because sometimes you you get, I mean, you know, we see these movies where people are getting. Um false and on the news the other night there's somebody uh, falsifying somebody's information and becoming that person and and stealing their rep you know ID and and uh, I, I'm always worried when I get messages from people saying you know this here or whatever or i'll you know do this and I'll send you so many millions of dollars and you can keep twenty percent and give the rest to charity because <laughs> I, I get a lot of those
2: in Estonian now too, <laughs> which is always a good giveaway. My pleasure to talk to you, Peter.
1: Yeah, no, it's been fantastic. And and more importantly, um, the information you've shared has been very, very helpful. And so I wanted to say thank you for that. Thank you for coming in. And I know you're a very, very busy man. And we've been lucky to have you here uh, on Radio Italia Uno and especially on Happy Business Radio. So um, thank you very much for coming in. My pleasure. Thank you. And thanks to everybody listening. Just remember, share any idea you have with me. Get in touch with me. Send me information. If there's anything you want or anything you uh, think you need, uh, let me know. If I can't help you, I'll find who can. And we are here to help you. We're here to share ideas. If there's any questions you want uh, answered, let me know. If uh, if you're in business or you want to get into business or you want to know more about how to get into business, let me know. I'm more than happy to help you. Thank you very much, and until next time we meet. Bye-bye.
0: You have been listening to Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. Catch our show every Monday from 2 to 3 p.m. on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM.